G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of Manufacturing Matters brought to you by the Australian Manufacturing Association. Uh, I'm Steve Musico, your host, and with me today I have Chris Bristow from the Icehouse uh, Sampling. Chris, thank you very much for joining me today. Good morning, Steve. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. No worries. I'm really looking forward to getting into into today's conversation and, and learning all about the the sampling world and your your journey through uh, manufacturing. I, I understand it's been quite an interesting journey. So, um, really looking forward to to some of the uh, understanding some of the challenges and the advice you've got for uh, other manufacturers coming into the sector as well. But kick us off, mate. Icehouse. What is it? Who do you service? What are the industries? Tell me all about it. No worries, Steve. Um, yeah, so Icehouse Sampling is um, a product sampling company. So we support our customers' brands uh, largely through uh, providing them product sampling solutions. So what's product sampling, uh, you may ask? So think about when you walk into a, um, a flooring store, you might see a swatch of carpets uh, or um, carpet tiles or flooring tiles, uh, those sorts of things. Or if you go into Bunnings, you'll see the paint chips You'll see big floorboards. You'll even see some grout cards around the place. That's what we're talking about. So, you know, there's a correlation there with the point of sale uh, industry. But what we're really doing is specialising in ensuring that our customers' products are, um, uh, are visible, they're seen, but it's also their actual product. So customers can feel it, touch it, look at it, put it up against a window so they can get a really good feel for what it is that they're going to be installing inside their homes. Uh, Having said that, we don't just service residential, we service commercial and a range of other specialised industries. So speaking of which, um, we largely cater for the uh, window coverings uh, industry, so sink blinds, awnings, curtains and the like, uh, upholstery, so we're looking at uh, furniture coverings, whether that's lounge suites, uh, office chairs, uh, yeah, range of things there. Uh, also floor coverings, as I spoke about there earlier, so... Um, carpet tiles, um, uh, flooring, vinyl flooring, the old lino, um, you know, we, we, we service those industries. But there's also a range of other industries that I didn't even know existed before I, um, be before I joined the team here at Icehouse Sampling, which um, is a whole range of specialised textiles industry. You know, I'd never realised that the um, marine upholstery market's so large. There's still a small um, uh, auto upholstery market. But also there's industrial fabrics, dam liners, truck coverings. It goes on and on and on. So, you know, we're never surprised about the next person who calls up next and uh, wants to um, showcase their range. Yeah, and I think I think it's important. I mean, from personal experience, um, uh, recently we we uh, put in some shutters within our house, and you you, you don't realise the difference in just white, the colour white. Um, so, so, uh, it was really important that the, uh, the, the, the salesperson that came out on site and had, had a sample of, of what they were, um, what they were going to display or what they were going to manufacture and put together for us, um, to just to be able to, to put that up against just our, our, uh, our, our, our windowsills and those sorts of things to, to get an indication of, well, how is it actually going to match and, um, uh, making sure that it was the right color palettes, uh, the right type of, um, uh, block out system and so on and so forth. So I think that tangibility around the product is critically important for, for customers. Yeah, look, uh, absolutely, Steve. You've, you've certainly, as you've touched on, <clears throat> colour's one aspect of it. Um, you've got transparency through uh, blinds and awnings. That's really important as well. You want to understand um, whether you've got a block out material or, or if it's not, well, how much of the light's actually going to come through? 
Um, and a really big one that um, uh, is um, quite critical in the upholstery side of things is, is what does the fabric feel like? Because you could go online and you could pick a, a terrific red. Uh, it may not actually be that red, but notwithstanding that, let, let's, let's stick to how it feels. Then um, you order the red, you order your lounge suite, you sit on it for the first time and you realise it's a bit more itchy than what you thought it would be. Well, you're stuck with it then. So, um, you know, being able to feel the material is, is really, really important for customers. Um, so they really understand exactly what they're getting. Yeah, it's, 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 it, is, it is interesting. And I think it's important, um, whether it's in store or somebody comes to your home, that they've got that, that option to be able to, like you said, feel, touch, um, sense what it's going to be like. So, so Ice House, to a degree, um, you, you operate uh, in partnership with these, uh, with these companies, um, supporting them with research and, and development of what those um, sample cards and, uh, uh, I guess, hangers and those sorts of things could look like. Um, to make sure that they're um, displaying that brand the way that they would like to be displayed as well. Look, that that's exactly right. So what what we pride ourselves on is is being a, a high quality uh, custom manufacturer. So we ensure that everything we do for our customers is in alignment with their unique brand attributes. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, if a customer has a particular uh, PMS color blue. Um, yeah, that shows through on all their logos. We want to make sure that if a customer is using a particular sample for a particular uh, market, we want to make sure that, um, one, it's durable for the market, and two, that market's actually going to use it. Um, they're the two critical, uh, over and above the design, they're the two critical aspects, durability and usability, to ensure that that market actually wants to pick that sample up and two, that that sample is going to last for the duration of that of that product range. So what we do there with those things in mind is, is as I said, we really pride ourselves on working with each customer. Uh, and look, sometimes customers know exactly what they want, and that's perfectly fine. But other times, um, you know, we work with them through the concept phase. We want to make sure that what they're thinking uh, comes to life, and we try and share our insights where we can to help them uh, realise that. And, um, you know, ultimately, the product sampling game is about our customers looking good and our customers being successful. Because if they're successful, they're selling more, they're getting the right ROI on their on their samples, then, you know, we stay in business. It's quite simple, really. Yeah, cool. Okay. And so you, you service um, uh, is just, just Victoria, New South Wales. I know you've got a, a manufacturing facility in New South Wales as well. Um, so what, what yes. sort of coverage do you have uh, around Australia? Yeah, so we, um, we, we service customers all over Australia. Um, yes, we do have a manufacturing footprint in Western Sydney and in Melbourne, uh, but we find that we can service customers. Uh, we've got key customers up in Queensland. We have a very good, uh, one very good customer in WA, but we, we, we have others in uh, Western Australia as well. But we, we can service uh, all sorts of markets. We do find by having two different manufacturing footprints, um, there are unique strengths in each site, uh, which is great, uh, but there's also flexibility. So if, if one site's um, overwhelmed with work, we're able to switch that work down to Victoria or vice versa. Um, and you know that's no cost to the customer. It just ensures that they get their um, sample in time with their product release or whatnot. So yeah. We, we, we cater all over Australia, 
Um, and we have had some customers in New Zealand as well. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, so, so what 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 stands you out from from competitors? Why why should somebody that wants some samples made for the products that they make come to you guys? Look, I, I think it, we're really focused on um, the unique uh, brand attributes of each customer. We're focused on each customer individually. We want to make sure that what we're producing for them is right for them. We so with that comes a high focus on quality. Um, and customization, as I said earlier. So that's why you would use ISAO sampling. Um, we have a um, large coverage of um, uh, sales and account management staff to work with you in the process. Um, we're not there just to take an order. Having said that, as I said earlier, some customers just know what they want and we'll deliver that to the highest possible standards we can. But we also work with you to make sure that you get what you need when you need it and that also lines up with um, with reliability around uh, product launches and the like. So we'll always make sure that we can get what you need uh, in time for your for your marketing calendars, your product launches and the like. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really big on working with our customers. Uh, as I said earlier, we're here to make our customers look good and be successful. So that's why you use ISAS sampling. Yeah, cool. And I think I think that's important to be full service, um, not just to be somebody that takes some drawings and uh, manufactures it. Um, it's it's mm -hmm. also about mm -hmm. understanding that business uh, in more depth and understanding the type of customers they service, the uh, the type of environments that their their products will be going into, and making sure that their their brand stands out, um, both from a, a potentially an in showroom perspective. Um, but also, uh, as I said, potentially in-home visits as well, but working with them on the concept and the design, but understanding their business is obviously the, the key point of difference and um, being there to support them through that journey and, and throwing different ideas at them. So to a degree, uh, you're, you're, you're an advisor, you're a, you're a partner with them through that, that process, not just, a, not just a manufacturer that makes an end result and then ships it to them. That's right. I mean, um, I, I think these days, you know, the... The term manufacturer, um, you know, makes things. But, I mean, really, the, the challenge, I think, for all manufacturers um, in Australia is, well, how else can you add value to your customers? And that's what we're really focused on at the moment is, yes, we can make something for you and it will look good and it will be there on time, but, but how else can we add value? We ask ourselves that all the time. So whether that's in co-designing, whether that's working with you on an annualised basis, sitting down with you, understanding your marketing calendar, making sure that we can slot things in at the right time. Um, but then equally, it's about, well, well what else can we do um, for you? And, um, yeah, we can touch on that a bit later on if you're interested. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, so tell me about your journey. Let's, um, let's, let's focus on Chris for a bit and, and your journey through um uh manufacturing um so ice house sampling um uh tell us a little bit about your background and what's brought you to where you are today it's uh funny steve because 22 years ago i started uh my um, first job at a um furniture manufacturer in perth okay. and i cut material off a table yesterday i was cutting material off a table using fairly <laughs> similar Similar tools. So, um, yeah, it sounds like not much, really. Um, but, no, I've sort of done a bit of a full circle, really. So um, 
so as I said, I, I started out um, in uh, WA um, and I had a uh, job at a furniture manufacturer. Um, I moved to Melbourne 20, I should know this, 21 years ago now, I'm getting on a bit, and um, it started a career in uh, finance. So I started off uh, working um, in an administrative support type role and over a 16-year career in, in finance. Um, I progressed through a number of different roles in customer service and in sales um, and then in, in a middle management type role before um, leading a business uh, within the bank with a, a turnover of um, roughly $50 million a year. Um, it was probably at that point where, um, you know, I love uh, dealing with customers. I love seeing, um, really seeing some tangible value that I deliver customers. And that sort of got a bit lost. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not um, begrudging anyone who, who pursues a career in finance. Everyone um, uh, gains um, uh, value in, in, in what they do in various different ways. But I really like to see things um, uh, get made. I really like to see um, customers um, enjoy what we do for them, uh, whether that's service orientated or not. Um, and that's what I really love doing at the bank early on. Um, so, yeah, I, I had an opportunity to join the family business here in uh, Seaford um, as part of a succession plan. Um, so it's my wife's uh, family business. Um, she works in the business. Her brother works in the business. Her uncle works in the business. Her mother works in the business. And her stepfather works in the business. And, yeah, there's a lot of family members here. But um, there, there was an opportunity here with her um, uh, stepfather looking to move on. And um, I joined the business back in um, 2019. That's a, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, a few few things come to mind from that. But um, the, the first one is, uh, I guess, having a bit of experience in manufacturing back in WA for the furniture manufacturer. Obviously, that uh, gave you some insight and you could tap back into, into those learnings from when you were, were doing that job. But... Um, how how was the, the the experience moving across from finance into back into manufacturing? What what sort of uh, challenges did you face in the early part? Oh, look, there, there, there's a whole host, um, Steve, and I mean, we'll, we'll 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 focus on the industry side of things first because there's a whole bunch of other elements around, you know, having things done for you, and now you've got to do it all yourself and those sorts of things. But um, look. The the key thing really is about um, I guess firstly starting from from the factory. So really starting from the inside out and getting a really good feel for for how things work. Because um, yes, whilst there's policies and procedures and whatnot in finance, you really need to make sure that you are lined up in manufacturing around your policies or, or more so your procedures. You really need to make sure your systems and processes are, are smicking in place because what you can't afford to do in manufacturing is stop. So where people are stopping to clarify things, then that's 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 a big, big, big uh, challenge. So what I really noticed was this um, uh, this, this requirement for for everyone to really understand what they need to do, but but what happens next. Um, which, which really stood out to me that internally inside the factory. That that was something that that, that really stood out to me. Um, 
but then I, I guess through that, um, you know, around the production side of things, you really need to make sure that the people supporting them, that they're the rock stars. The, the, the people on the floor are the rock stars because they're the ones making uh, your company look good. They're the ones who um, ensure that things get made and delivered on time. They're the things that ensure that uh, things are made well. Um, so really, you need to make sure that they're as supported as they can be around getting the right information at the right time, ensuring that they have all the tools that they need and ensuring that their job's as easy and fulfilling to do for them as possible. So that was something that I guess really stood out to me as, um, as something that I probably didn't pick up on before because previously I was on the floor and I probably didn't notice that, but, but now probably not being on the floor, I need to make sure that they are as supported as, as they can be and they have all the tools that they require to do their jobs as efficiently as they can. Yeah, look, and I think that's critically important and um, obviously uh, tapping back into that experience back when you were working in WA and that, that furniture manufacturer, uh, I think there's an element of empathy that comes with understanding uh, what what people on the floor go through and, and the challenges that they do face. Um, but I think you're 100% right that, that making sure that the people that are actually executing on the work um, and are going to provide the quality that's needed to, to sustain customer loyalty and those sorts of things, it, it is important that they're, they're looked after um, and that they are supported and uh, that uh, they have all the information they need. Because um, you're right, the, the, one of the biggest challenges is in manufacturing is if you're not working, you're not making money. Um, product's not going out the door. If product's not going out the door, um, there's there's no cash coming in. So it's critically important to make sure that those, those wheels and those cogs continue to turn. Um, otherwise, and, and further to that as well, um, if, if the information's not accurate, uh, and there's mistakes that are made that causes another whole host of problems and sets things back and um, obviously impacts from a financial point of view. But it's it's sort of that the the, the financial element that you see um, uh, from a profit and loss point of view or a cash flow point of view or a revenue point of view is just sort of the tip of the iceberg, right? It's the all the costs underneath that that, that aren't as tangible that um, really impact uh, the business if that team is not supported. And uh, I guess things like... Um, uh, returning customers, um, dissatisfied customers, um, customer loyalty, they start shopping around, they start challenging you on price, um, a whole host of different things that we just, there's no tangibility around it. We can't see it. We can't, um, we can't feel it uh, in the hip pocket, but uh, it's obviously important. That's where it is. That's where it all starts, um, is, is making sure that they have that support. Oh, look, absolutely. And I mean, I, I spoke about some things earlier, Steve, around ensuring that, you know, if I'm sitting here and, and um, uh, telling you that, that we differentiate through high quality, through uh, reliability and these sorts of things, but then on the other hand, we're, we're, we're sending poor product out the door or, or, or with mistakes, well, well, then, yeah, quite rightly, we should be challenged on on. You, you, that's where things like price does come into the equation because all of a sudden, um, you know, the things that I'm uh, promoting there, that, that, that is the Ice House sampling brand, it's simply not being fulfilled. And that comes all the way back to, as you say, su supporting the team. There's one other element as well that, that I find um, uh, can um, harm the business when, when there are mistakes. There's the financial, there's the customer. But also at the end of the day, our team don't like to make mistakes. 
and it can get people down a bit. So, so ensuring that 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 they feel supported um, ensures that they don't make mistakes. Ensures that 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 they're in that really happy and healthy mindset. Um, because I've I've seen it time and time again where people make a mistake and you can just see it on their face and and they're down for the rest of the day or or, or even for a few days and you really don't want them feeling that way. Um, the default for them is that it's their error. Um, nine times out of ten, it's not their error. It's just that they happen to action something based on an incorrect um, maybe set of instructions or otherwise that, that had led to that. It may have even been faulty equipment. So so it's really important that we try and eliminate that as much as possible for a whole host of reasons, financial, customer and, and people. Yeah, and and I think the old adage goes that when there are when there are problems that occur, it's either um, uh, people, process, or training, right? Um, so yes, it, it's it's the training wasn't provided, or the process isn't isn't right, or um, in some circumstances, unfortunately, the people just aren't committed to, to to putting out the quality. But there's always always one of those. So it's just understanding and, and refining whichever one it is, and and making sure that person knows that. Um, wasn't necessarily them. It was. It was. I mean, you're always you're pointing the finger. There's three pointing back at you, right? So, um, what can we do better to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, going back, um, going back to that sort of concluding on that, that that um, uh, the biggest challenge was understanding the the, the uh, that the people on the floor are what what what's most critical, um, and making sure that they feel supported to in turn get the quality out because. I mean, quality product uh, resonates with Australian manufacturing at the end of the day. Um, sure, you can go get it made cheaper elsewhere, um, but at the end of the day, what, what Australia prides itself on in the manufacturing industry is being able to produce quality product. Um, and and every, every Australian manufacturer, I think, should live by that and, and that ethos because that's, that's really what sets us apart from, from the rest of the world. Oh, look, absolutely, absolutely. I think with... Um with uh, COVID, I think it really presented itself. Uh, the, the whole offshoring side of things really has taken off in the last 20 years um, without harping on about my, my first job. Um, we, we made furniture in, in um, large retail chains like, like Harvey Norman. Um, that, none of that's made in Australia anymore. It's your bespoke high-end um, uh, furniture that's that's now made locally here, um, but what COVID's done is it's really pre, you know re reopened that discussion around uh, made in Australia, and there's a whole host of reasons over and above quality as to as to why I still believe that that manufacturing uh, has a huge role to play in Australia. I mean, there's that independence factor, yes, uh, when we consider supply chain challenges um, that really presented itself throughout COVID. Um, but there's also, I mean, let's look around the world at the moment. You've got, um, you, you know, and whilst it's not on our door, and I certainly hope it, 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 it doesn't eventuate that way, but you do have uh, conflicts that then uh, cause supply chain issues further down the line. They become quite unpredictable. You've had in the last 12 months or, or probably more recently started to bite in the last six months, the Australian dollar's not as strong. So all of a sudden, that cost competitiveness starts to dilute a bit, and it can make it quite unpredictable to um, yeah understand what your costs are, and then ultimately what your profit margins will be if if you um if you aren't certain on what the Aussie dollar is going to do, uh, let alone next week, but in six to twelve months down the track. Um, 
But the last thing I will mention, which is where, again, I'm, I'm circling back to the same thing, but I am differentiating with overseas, is we have the ability to go down the road and see our customers and understand exactly what they want to do for a particular product launch. We're not just mass manufacturing something for them. We are really understanding their needs and delivering something for them that, that will be unique to them. And we can get them a sample in a sample of our sample, you know, in a, in a, in a week or two. You know, we can do mock-ups. We can co-create. And that is a lot, lot more difficult uh, when you're trying to do that sort of thing uh, with an overseas supplier. So that's, that's our world. But I certainly believe that that has application across a whole range of manufacturers in Australia. Uh, yeah, I, I would certainly agree. And, and customer service um, and, and quality are the two things that I'm, I'm constantly hearing are the, are the point of difference. So, um, okay, so what about other, other challenges or, or um, things that you've learnt um, and other advices that might be relevant to, to manufacturers and whether, whether that's just in general or um, from your experience moving from, from the finance industry into, into the manufacturing industry? Well, look, the, the two key things that, that really um, stand out to me, Steve, is, is one, the systems and processes that I spoke about earlier. But, but, but the second thing is really ensuring that your team uh, are trained and trained well and continually are, um, are upskilled. Uh, one, is it, is it promotes engagement, but two, it also helps uh, deliver a level of responsibility back through to them. Um, you know, the big thing that stood out to me from, and I don't think this is from finance to manufacturing, I think it's a function of going from a, 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 a larger organisation to a, a small to medium business, is that I find I've nearly got to do everything myself, or so I thought. So what I really need to continue to focus on is, is, um, is, is relying on the people around me, trusting the people around me, uh, giving them confidence giving them the skills required to do their job so they can assume more responsibility, so they can take more initiative, so it's not all resting with me. And I think that that has application in a number of ways. One is, yeah, it certainly means I don't need to do everything all the time. But two is that the more you continue to upskill people, cross-skill people on the floor, the more engaged they are. And you know what, and I'm really passionate about this, but the more marketable it makes them. And, you know, I'm okay with that. If, and I always have been. If someone joins the team uh, with relatively little uh, to no skills and they leave us in five years as a better, more marketable person out there in the workforce, well, hats off to them because that's what we're here for. If you continue to grow people, then the company will grow. Yeah, and I think I think that's fantastic, and and totally agree with that mm. uh, that thought process. I mean, the the two there that stand out to me is that um, uh, when you look at in, in my conversations with a lot of manufacturers, they do struggle to get out of the weeds and and um, have that time to sit above their business mm. and strategically plan and and so on and so forth. And a lot of that does come down to the the need or, or feeling the need to to take everything on themselves. Um, but but the reality is that um, that's not the case. And the job as a leader uh, is to facilitate an environment where um, the, the people beneath them, or I shouldn't say beneath them, but their team members are able to to come up with ideas and and ideate and collaborate and um, uh, drive those projects forward and those initiatives forward to to be able to take ownership and and responsibility, as you said. Um, that's that's critically yeah. important. So. Um, 
yeah, so I think that's that's really important. The second one, which is actually taught by a mentor of mine uh, some time ago, when people typically get upset when somebody's coming to the business and you've spent a lot of time investing in them and then they leave. Um, but what, what he told me is it's his, his job is to make sure that every person that comes into his business is better for the experience um, and leaves better for the experience. So whether it's, whether it's more qualified from an academic point of view, whether it's a greater skill set, um, whatever, whatever it is, that, that really is the, um, uh, is the, the job of the, the, the leader within that business. Um, and whether, whether you're somebody that's sitting at the top like yourself, Chris, as a, as a, 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 a director of the business or uh, you're at a general management level or even just the head of a department, particular department, whether you're uh, a production manager or you're a, a sales manager, that is your job. Your job is to make sure that you get the most out of your people. Uh, that you facilitate an environment where they come up with the ideas and they're the ones that are innovative mm -hmm. and all you're doing is supporting them and guiding them and, and helping them get to the destination that uh, the business needs them to get to, um, but also making sure that they feel supported um, and and looked after throughout throughout the process and that they're better for the experience of being in your business. Um, and I think that's an important message for every every single person that's in, in some sort of leadership position, manufacturing or otherwise. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Steve, and uh, I probably want to put it on the record there that, yes, that's certainly something that I aspire towards um, and we're, you know, it's never a finished product, but certainly want to ensure that we continue to build an environment here around growth um, and, and learning because um, whether you're learning a new skill to operate a new machine or whether you're just learning a new concept, it's it's all the same thing because the world changes rapidly. You get new machinery in, you 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 have new business problems. So you need to rapidly continue to evolve because if you get stuck in in certain ways of doing things, then then you flounder quite quickly, both as a business but it, um, individually as well. Yeah, and, and I think that the theoretical term for it is is uh, job rotation. Um, so making sure mm. that people uh, are rotated throughout the, the different components. And obviously there's some complexity around um, uh, qualifications. So, so licensed or skilled type work, uh, for example, being a boilermaker um, would obviously be a bit challenging mm -hmm. to, to rotate somebody that's not qualified in that work to do that work. Um, but then there's a question around development plans and um, what you see for that person um, if they are uh, somebody that you want to invest that time and energy in. Um, then certainly looking at that, but job rotation is is incredibly important, uh, both for the 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 the, the uh, happiness and satisfaction, work satisfaction of the individual, um, but also uh, as we have discussed many times, just redundancy um, within the business because we know that that labour shortages is a, a significant risk uh, to a lot of manufacturing businesses at the moment. So uh, it is critical to invest that time and energy into training and upskilling your team, um, because otherwise you, you end up in a position where um, you may not have somebody that, that is able to work on a particular machine because you haven't invested that time and that slows down production and goes back to all the other things that we discussed earlier. Oh, look, there's, there's no doubt. The, 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 run and, the redundancy risk is a, is, is a huge challenge. And probably the last element I'd add to that, Steve, is that um, in a production assembly environment, if people have exposure to a wide variety of areas, what they're able to do is when they are completing their step of the process, they understand what's going to happen next. So they understand exactly how um, the next stage of the process uh, needs um, uh, the, the, the goods presented in or how something's cut 
or how something's glued or put together. So it ensures then that they're making it easier for the next stage of the process, which then leads to a whole host of other efficiencies and, and reduces conflicts and a whole range of other things, which is great. So, yeah, the benefits of, um, as you call it, job rotation are, are, are wide and varied um, for the individual, for the organisation, uh, as you covered quite well uh, for a whole host of reasons. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, look, Chris, I really appreciate your time. I don't want to want to take up any more of your, your valuable time being out there cutting materials with the team. Um, no, you, that's right. <laughs> just get back out there, put your high-vis on and, and uh, being there to support the crew. But um, any, any final comments or, or words from yourself? Oh, look, thanks for having me today, Steve. I really appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, we're... Um... Yeah, nice our sampling. We're, we're, we're really excited about what the future brings. Um, look, there's always that question around what we make and, and how that ties in with technology, and that's what we're focused on next because I'm not threatened by that. I'm really keen to work with our industry and understand how the physical aspect of what we produce along with the online decision-making, um, uh, you, you know, which has increased 50-fold in the last five years, how that interacts. So yeah. really excited by that. But, um, yeah, thanks for having me on, and I look forward to catching up again soon. No worries. Well, anybody interested in uh, learning more about Icehouse Sampling or, or speaking to, to Chris, uh, their website is www.theicehouse.com.au. So wherever you are in Australia, please make sure that if you do have some sampling needs uh, that you reach out to Chris and the team. I can speak from uh, personal experience to the quality of their work and um, just that they're just overall good people to to be around and have a chat with. Um, so that, that website, again, is theicehouse.com.au, so make sure you get in touch. Uh, if you want to know more about the Australian Manufacturing Association or want to attend our Manufacturing Roundtable event uh, coming up on the 29th of November, uh, to meet people like Chris, who will be there with, with some of his team members, um, make sure you check us out at, uh, at www.australiamanufacturingassociation.com.au. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for your time. I, I really appreciate you sharing your insights and um, just having a great chat about these sorts of things. I know it's something that we, we both love to do, so um, really appreciate your time today. Um, and, uh, yeah, look forward to catching up with you soon.